Welcome to the Better Wallet Podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people who have changed their lives through managing their money. We talk about their money journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At least once a month, we'll have a new episode where you can learn how to manage your money better. We're going to be simplifying the money-related topics that keep people up at night, including budgeting, paying off debt, investing, and how to build a business. The goal is to make money a less taboo, everyday topic. Now here's your host, Mark Russell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Wallet Podcast. As you guys know, the Better Wallet Podcast is all about demystifying the topic of money and sharing powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds, wherever that might look like for you. And today, I wanted to talk to you guys about a movement that you probably have heard a lot about online called the FIRE movement. And I'm getting a lot of questions online, so I thought I would take a full episode to completely break it down for you. I want to talk about where the movement started, where I first heard about the movement, and then also how you can join the movement and hopefully retire early. Before I get into any of that, a couple life updates. Just came back from vacation, and it's probably going to be my last vacation for a while because I need to really lock in on some pretty big things that I'm working on, bigger projects that are happening. So I took a trip to Mexico. I was down in Tulum for the weekend and, you know, happy that, you know, I'm back now to kind of just get back into the routine. The other thing is you probably can't see it because it's primarily audio, audio podcast, but I do now have a, what they call a mic arm. So if the audio sounds a little better, that is why the arm is a way to keep the mic out of my face. So my coach said that I needed to make sure that, you know, my audio is good and a way to go about doing that is making sure that, you know, I have a mic arm. And then I also have this little filter thing that will keep, you know, the, any if I make any pee noises or any popping noises, for example, you can't hear it as much because of the filter that's in between me and the mic. So that should help out with overall quality of the podcast. But in general, the goal is to make this a full, you know, production, right? So like I'm in my new apartment in Atlanta. There's a lot of things I could do with the room that I'm in. My goal is to completely make it into a studio. So I'm really excited about that. And I wanted to give you guys that update. So let's quit with all the boring stuff. Let's talk about the FIRE movement. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about where the movement came from, how I first heard about the movement, and number three, what you could do in order to join the movement and retire early. Let's start with the basics. What does FIRE stand for? FIRE is an acronym that stands for Financial Independence Retire Early or what some of the cool kids might say, financially independence, relax early. If they don't want to fully retire, but they want to relax and not work as hard. This movement became very popular in the early 2000s. I frankly didn't hear about it until 2012, but that was after college for me. But you might be wondering, okay, where does this you know idea come from? You know, retiring early, financial independence, retire early. It was actually a research study that was done by Trinity University. If you're not familiar with Trinity, it is a liberal arts college at San Antonio, Texas, that basically proved that you can accumulate a certain amount of dollars, a certain amount in your investment account, and withdraw a safe amount, quote unquote, safe amount annually once you have all that money within the account and you can live off the investment account interest forever. 
right? So if you think about it, when people normally retire, what do they normally do? They get older, they work for a corporation forever. And at a certain point, let's say about 60, 65, they get to the point where they say, okay, well, I have enough money where I can retire on this amount and I can retire and live off this money for the rest of my life, right? Basically, the FIRE movement is moving that retirement date up. But with you moving that retirement date up, that means that you have to construct it a different way. You have to put the money into a different account. And we'll kind of go through all of that. So instead of putting it into a retirement account, you actually need to put it into a taxable brokerage. So you have access to that money early. But let's just kind of break that down a little bit, right? So you retire at 60 years old. The goal is to basically live off that money. You're just moving with the fire movement. You're moving it up and you can likely retire within your 30s or 40s or even your 50s. So that's how it works. Let's kind of talk about the backstory. So where did I first hear about the fire movement? I didn't hear about the fire movement until about 2013. It was about a year or so after college. And my friend, his name is Travis, who actually is the head of Student Loan Planner. I've talked about him a couple of different times on the podcast, but he is the head of Student Loan Planner. And he and I were colleagues at Vanguard. We came in through the same program. And Travis, I swear to you, was the most frugal guy in the world. You know, he was, well, I can't even use the word frugal. Travis was cheap. He's not as cheap now because he has two little ones and a wife. So like, you know, obviously he needs to spend more money and it's not just him. But Travis was extremely cheap. It was normal for me to call Travis on his phone and his phone would be turned off because he felt like he didn't need it at certain times throughout the year or certain times throughout the day. So that kind of shows you a little bit of like his, how cheap he was, how frugal he was. And he would definitely (laughs) mention that, uh, you know, he was probably a little over frugal at that time. But Travis introduced the idea of being able to retire early. He told me, hey, what I'm going to do is the money I'm getting from Vanguard, I think we're getting paid about $50,000 at the time. I'm going to invest the money that, you know, after-tax money that I receive, and I'm going to try to invest all of it into a taxable brokerage account or put it into my 401k. I thought that at that time, I wasn't really into finance. Though I worked at Vanguard, I wasn't really into my own personal finances. So I thought it was a crazy idea. And I asked him, hey, like, Travis, like, you're young, like, you could travel, like, why would you put all your money towards investments when you could, you know, go on a trip somewhere? Maybe you can, you know, take your parents out and, you know, show them the life, whatever it might be. All the things I kind of had in my head of things that I wish I could do. And he said, no, like, if I have enough money accumulated, I can live off the interest forever and not have to work again. And that was the first time I've heard about this fire movement. So... How Travis broke it down was this, and you know I've kind of learned more since that time because you know I'm obviously on the same track. But he said you have to budget, you have to understand what your annual expenses are, you multiply your annual expenses by 25, and then from there you'll know how much you need to have invested in order to live off that money forever, right? So let me break each one of these portions down, right? So. Budget, annual expenses, multiply by 25, and then you'll know how much you need to have invested. So let's use a quick example. 
you go through and you do a budget. And by the way, I have a free budget template in my checklist, my financial checklist that you can get in the show notes. You figure out how much you have in expenses per month. You multiply that by 12, being 12 months in a year. And then that will give you the annual expenses, your annual expenses, right? So it's more of a rough estimate because we know that it could be more, it could be less because, you know, life happens. But that will basically give you how much you need to have annually, or I should say how much you need to earn annually in order to pay for your expenses. You then take that amount, multiply it by 25, and then that will show you or tell you how much you need to have in your investing accounts in order to withdraw a safe rate. 4% is what Trinity came up with, the Trinity study. 4% annually for the rest of your life. So again, here's an example. Let's say I'm 40 years old. I have 50K in annual expenses. In order for me to be able to retire early and not have to work anymore, I would need $1.25 million invested in order for me to take out 4% annually for the rest of my life and live off the investment growth or the investment interest, again, for the rest of my life, right? So that, my friends, is the FIRE movement in a nutshell. The, some of the challenge that come, challenges that come along with the FIRE movement is I want to take a quick break from the episode to discuss one of the biggest crises we're facing today. The crisis is the lack of financial literacy. When you made your first paycheck, did anyone tell you what to do with it? Probably not. This is why 63% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and get this, half of which make more than six figures. So what I did was I took my expertise as a retired financial advisor and industry professional to give you a complete financial checklist that you can use to get your finances in order in less than 10 minutes. It's completely free and I have a link in my show notes. I want you to take complete command of your financial future this year and this checklist is gonna help you get started. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Challenges that come along with the FIRE movement is you have, you're basing this number off the fact that you believe that your expenses aren't going to increase, right? So like if it's $50,000 now, you know, you're assuming that it's going to be around that same amount when you are about to retire. And we all know life happens. We have kids, we have, you know, we get married, we have, you know, a home, whatever it might be. So it's assuming that your rate, your, the amount, your annual expenses will still be $50,000, but you could adjust it based off of whatever your new annual expenses might be. Some of the other limitations would be, you know, your fire movement, you know, how much you need to have invested is, I wouldn't say 100% determined by the amount of money that you spend, but the amount of money you spend annually is a big factor in how much you need to have invested. Right. So if you're spending $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year, if you have a higher income, it will be harder to reach that fire number. Or I should say it would be a higher. The fire amount would be a higher amount that you would have to reach versus if you only spend, let's say, twenty to $25,000, which might not be feasible for a lot of people. So, again, let's run through the numbers again, like using an example. Let's say I'm 40 years old, you know, or even 30. The age doesn't really matter here. What actually matters is how much you have invested. So you're 30, 40, whatever. 
you have $50,000 in annual expenses. You multiply that by 25. That'll give you 1 million. So 1.25 million or $1,250,000. That will be your fire number. That's what you need to have invested. And then from there, you should be able to take out, you know, three to 4% annually for the rest of your life and live off the investment growth. That is the fire number. If you guys are anything like me, when I was growing up, I didn't know of anyone who actually retired because of they because they had enough money, right? So like no one actually retired on purpose the way that I kind of describe it to a lot of my students. And that is because number one, they didn't invest in the first place. When my dad passed away back in 09, he didn't have any money within his 401k because he just didn't know that he needed to do that. He just assumed that he had to work for the rest of his life. This fire movement, when I first heard about it, it just completely blew my mind because I just wasn't used to anyone retiring in the first place. But even the thought of being able to retire at 30 or 40 or whatever the age might be, retiring before 60 or before the day that you pass away was a foreign one to me. So I thought the fire movement was crazy at first, but now I'm on that path. And some of the things that I've done in order to work towards that movement you know, after Travis told me about that, I became, you know, very interested in doing that. Obviously, I got on the budget. I tried to figure out what my fire number was by using the same equation. And then from there, I knew that I needed to decrease my expenses in order for me to be able to invest more. So what did I do? I went through and I looked at some of the bigger expenses that I had, including, you know, where I lived. So I made sure my rent was appropriate. I made sure my car was paid off. I paid off my credit cards, paid off my student loans. And the reason why I wanted to become debt-free was primarily based off of me wanting to retire early because I couldn't fathom working in this Wall Street job for the rest of my life or even to the age of 60. I wanted to retire early. And I knew the way to go about doing that was through the FIRE movement. So again, I became debt-free. And then you know, one of the things that you want to do is you know control how much income you're bringing in. And you know, for the longest time, I worked in corporate America and I had you know, money, obviously, from the business I had coming in as a financial advisor. And I told myself, well, what can I do to make sure each hour that I have throughout the day is going to yield the most amount of dollars? Because if I have more money to invest and my expenses are low, you know, I'm able to widen the gap. Then that amount of money that I'll have, I'll be able to put into investments. Right. So I'm able to contribute towards my fire number. And that's exactly what I've been doing is trying to invest as much as I can. One thing that has changed over time, because you know life happens, is that I went from wanting to retire early to be able to relax early, right? So like I want to still work. I don't plan on going anywhere, but I want to one day just sit back and relax. And when I do have kids, I want to say, okay, well, I want to spend more time with them. And this financial freedom that might come from the fire movement will allow me to do that because I'm not being forced to work at that point, right? Obviously, kids can be expensive, so my fire number will probably go up. But just in theory, that's what I hope to do. So that, my friends, is the fire movement in a nutshell. 
And I hope that one day you guys will go and, you know, hopefully try out the journey or at least move towards, you know, maybe figure out what your fire number might be. But before I kind of end the podcast, one thing that you want to keep in mind with all of this is that when you're investing this money, and I can't believe I missed this part, when you're investing this money, you should not be putting this money into, you know, any tax advantage retirement account. You might be asking, what is that? You know, 401ks, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, which we've all talked about, you know, plenty of times on the podcast, those are all tax advantage accounts. And with the tax advantage accounts, you have to wait until you're 59 and a half years old in order to take the money out. That's for normal retirement, right? If you're in a fire movement, what you want to do is put most of that money, if not all that money, into a taxable brokerage account. A tax brokerage account is nothing but a normal investing account that you've probably heard of millions of times over again, but it's a non-tax advantage account where you're putting the money in after tax, the money grows, and then when you take the money out, you're pay, you have to pay taxes on the earnings, being the money that you have minus you know how much you put in would be the amount of earnings, like the free money you got from the market, quote unquote. Uncle Sam wants a portion of that money annually, right? So that's what you want to do. You want to put it into a taxable brokerage account and not into a Roth IRA, traditional IRA, whatever tax advantage retirement account. You want to avoid that when you are moving towards that fire movement. Because in the example where you have $50,000 in annual expenses, if your fire number is 1.25 million, that money should be in a tax brokerage account. So you then have access to it before the age of 59 and a half years old, right? So keep that in mind. But again, that is the fire movement in general. If you had any questions on what the fire movement is, that should break it down for you. And again, I hope you guys move towards this movement or at least seriously consider it because it's one that a lot of people have been talking about and a lot of the folks that you see online talking about paying off debt or investing more, a lot of them are on this fire movement, let it be retiring early or relaxing early. So it's time that you guys have learned how to go about doing it as well, if that fits your life. And guys, one quick reminder, thank you again for listening to the podcast. It means the world to me that you guys are listening in. I've mentioned this a couple of different times, but the reason why I started a podcast you know, about a year ago is because... I wanted to give back to people. I wanted to give back to folks like other podcasters have done for me. So a lot of what I know about the financial world came from podcasts. And I said, you know, at that time, you know, as I was learning all this information, when you know, I hated my job, traveling back and forth to work, I would listen to podcasts. And I said, hey, like one day I'm going to have my own and I'm going to help people invest their money the right way. And teach them really powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds. So the fact that I'm here doing that same thing is very surreal. So my ask to you is that if you were to think about the currency behind podcasts with Instagram as likes and comments and shares with podcasts, it's ratings. My ask to you is that if you receive any value whatsoever from the Better Wallet podcast, please go in and rate the podcast five stars on whatever platform that you might be using. Go in, rate it five stars. If you'd like, you can leave a review as well. That means the world to me. And it keeps the podcast going because then I can look back and say, okay, well, here's what people are rating it. Here's how we're stacking up against other podcasts 
And it essentially tells us we're doing the right thing. So again, if you could, number one, really appreciate that you're even listening. Second of all, if you could go in and just rate and review or just review the podcast, that would mean the world. So until next time, guys, we are out. Thank you for joining in. I appreciate you guys, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Wallet Podcast. If you learned something new during today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love a rating and review as well. In closing, remember the goal is to live a better life through taking control of your money. We want our money to work hard for us so we can live the life that we've always imagined. I'll see you on the next episode.